The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Welcome in to the early line. It is hour number two, and it is a stacked hour number two. Preview, preview, preview. College football week zero, final week of NFL preseason action. But we start in the world of Major League Baseball, and we have some very important NL East series doings today. The main one on the slate, Braves-Giants. The Giants, dogs. Again, because they're always dogs, because they're still booked like the team that was supposed to miss the postseason, it feels like. Atlanta throws Freed. The Giants throw Gausman. The total is eight and a half. What jumps out here, Donnie, as ATL looks to get back on the winning page? It's a pretty good one here. Last 30 days, we like to take a look at that like, nice little you know, picture of the last month of how these guys are doing. If we take a look at Freed here, 3.17 XFIP number. He's done very well, Kevin, over the last 30 days to both lefties and righties. Keep in mind, once again, Freed is a left-handed pitcher. 31 batters he's faced, Kevin, from the left side. 247 weighted on base average and ISO power number .036, which is wonderful. Take a look at the 97 batters he's faced from the right-hand side. Sometimes you have a lefty. They're going to stack a lot of righties against you to try to take a look at that advantage. Not so much here, Kevin. How about this? A 203 weighted on base average and an ISO power number .053. So if you take a look at over 100 batters that he's faced over the last month, Nobody's really doing any damage, Kevin, and also a strikeout percentage versus both lefties and righties combined for Freed at 25%. Now, you are going to get a lot of right-handed batters, as I said, and some good bats here. Slater, Posey, Bryant, Ruff, Flores, Crawford, Estrada, and Yashremski supposed to be in the lineup tonight. But what do we take out of this Atlanta Braves lineup going up against Kevin Gaussman, who over the last month has some good XFIP numbers, Kevin, 3.06, excuse me, 3.04, and then a K percentage, 30% of the batters he's faced, he's struck out, which is great numbers. If you take a look at Gaussman, who's a right-handed pitcher, done very well, Kevin, against left-handed batters. A 253 weighted on base percentage and a 0.52 ISO power number. But here's where it gets a little bit difficult. To right-handed batters, that 325 weighted on base average is roughly average in Major League Baseball. He's up to 385 over the past month versus right-handed bats with an ISO power number a little bit elevated above that .165 you like to look at. That comes in at 200. You're going to get a good amount of bats in this lineup from both the left side and the right side. You just need the right side to do a lot more damage in this situation than the lefties. This game comes down to basically a coin flip for me. And if the MO is correct, San Francisco just doesn't lose. So why mess with a good thing here, Kevin? Mm. I lean towards San Francisco here in the morning on a Friday for this one. Gausman did get hit a little bit harder than typical in his last start at Oakland, but overall on the year, 14 road starts and a 1.70 ERA. 
Gaussman has been tremendous for San Fran throughout this season. Oh, and it'll be great, too, to watch him hit tonight. One of my favorite hitters in all of Major League Baseball, <laughs> Kevin Gaussman. No doubt about it. Also starting today for the Mets, a breather. Again, double-digit consecutive games of either playing the Giants or the Dodgers. They're probably going to be out there in a fever dream of get, uh, up against this Washington Nationals lineup, and they are monster, monster favorites. The radio audience joins us here. Thanks to all those listening to the early line on Sports Grid Radio. Kevin Walsh and Donnie Wrightside with you on a Friday morning going through the Major League Baseball board. Rich Hill, Donnie, is a minus 215 favorite with a lineup that typically does not hit. A total of nine here for this baseball game. It's incredible when you take a look at that, right? Rich Hill, who can't get anybody out and the Mets can't get any base hits, or a two-to-one price favorite over the Nationals. Now, I usually like to stick to the board. And what I mean by that is what the numbers tell you, that's the way you have to go. But I have to tell you, looking at the circled plays here on the board today, the Mets team total is actually circled, even though theoretically, Kevin, I was going to explain, it doesn't make all that much sense. But it's based upon a bad baseball team, which is the Nationals. It's based upon a bad bullpen, which the Nationals have. It should be based upon a bad starting pitcher, which tonight the Nationals have on the mound. So are we going to trust the numbers or try to play it forward and say, all right, now's the time after it seems like weeks of facing Max Scherzer every single night on the mound for the New York Mets. They take a breather in this game. 4.44 XFIP number over the past month here for Espino. But here's the interesting part about it, Kevin. 54 batters he's faced from the left side, 37 batters he's faced from the right side over the past 30 days. He's a right-handed pitcher. Lefties, Kevin, a 397 weighted on base percentage coupled with a 226 ISO power number. Fantastic. Look at the lefties in the lineup anticipated tonight for the Mets. Nimmo, lefty. Lindor, lefty. Conforto, lefty. Smith, lefty. Cisco, lefty. Now let's take a look from the right-hand side for Espino. A 419 weighted on base percentage with a 400 ISO power number. That's not through 5, 10, or 15 batters, Kevin. That's through 37 batters. So you have close to 100 batters over the last 30 days that faced him, and they are raking. So the right-handed batters, Alonzo, Baez, Davis. This team should hit tonight on a Friday night in a force field, Kevin, up at City Field, and I have them circled. Watch out. It's going to be a wild mm. Friday night on in-play sports tonight. That is a that is a deep breath kind of situation. Boy, Let me just add this for folks that maybe are like, ooh, I'll lay a run line with the Mets here. Of their last 10 wins, which, by the way, this goes back to July 25th because they don't win very often these days. They have won, of those 10 wins, only three of them by two or more, which is very, like, usually if you're winning, you probably go out there, have a strong performance. Not the New York Mets. Be careful here with the Mets. I think they will win this baseball game. Maybe, as Donnie's mentioning, a team total. But it's City Field. Oh, boy. Still a lot more that I'll be doing, though, on this slate. And we'll continue to break it all down right here on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. 
But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Network. Back in action, long ahead to on a major league baseball card here. Want to finish out the one other game relevant wise with the NL East. It's the Phillies and the Diamondbacks. I mainly bring it up because the Phillies have lost. Oh man, this is mean to me. They've lost four straight games to the Arizona Diamondbacks. They're minus two fifty. <laughs> Don, I mean, Don, I don't. Even, I, I feel bad. I shouldn't have done this, but I have to do it. Donnie, can the Phillies beat those dastardly Arizona Diamondbacks? I mean, it doesn't feel like it. And I guess even if you're looking at like a first five, and I continue to joke with the Phillies starting pitching, which should be good when you have Zach Wheeler on the mound, you have an Aaron Nola on the mound, you should be able to put away guys like Taylor Widener at a 6.22 XFIP over the last 30 days. This should be one of those games that will be hot and muggy in Philadelphia and the Phillies get close to 10 runs. But that's not the way this lineup is built anymore. Odubo Herrera in the leadoff position, okay. Gene Segura is a decent hitter, but over the last 30 days, Kevin versus right-handed pitching, a .095 ISO power number coupled with a 273 weighted on base percentage it's almost as if Bryce Harper is left in the middle of this lineup and no support whatsoever because when you're dealing with bad pitching Kevin you still have to have batters that can take advantage of the bad pitching if we look at tonight's game with the Philadelphia Phillies eight eligible batters once again because it's a National League ballpark of those only two guys Kevin Odubel Herrera with a 414 weighted on base percentage versus righties. Bryce Harper with a 520. Every single person for the rest of that lineup is below. When I'm talking about that, take a look at Didi Gregorius here starting in the five hole. A 284 weighted on base percentage. That's a disaster. Miller, 296. That's a disaster. Ronald Torres, who would say, hey, look, every time up, it looks like he's giving an honest effort. Yeah, how about a 219 weighted on base percentage versus right-handed pitching over the last 30 days? And then Travis Jankowski. Looks like the gas really ran out here. 245 weighted on base percentage. So I don't know where the rallies are coming from unless Odubo Herrero hits a solo home run and Bryce Harper follows that. There's a lot of dead outs in this lineup, and it looks like to me, Kevin, a dead baseball team. Minus 250. I absolutely yep. love that. The Mets and the Phillies to beat awful baseball teams parlayed plus 105. That's a fun one. Give me that boost, but label it something very disrespectful. The, like, Mets and Phillies to learn that they're not the worst teams in all of Major League Baseball boost or something like that, up to, like, plus 135. Now, that's some good stuff there. Continuing to move through the board here, Don, one of the absolute biggest favorites is minus 235 on the road. Might as well be their home ballpark here. I don't know. You want to just cover your eyes, bet over 10, raise O's. Matt Harvey on the bump here. As if the Yanks are going to get help from the Baltimore Red Hot 2-win streak Orioles. Yeah, and hey, maybe the, the little offensive explosion here by the Orioles carries over because you're still going to be home in Baltimore. And as I like to say, you know, Kevin, rested and ready. Are the Orioles rested and ready for this series coming up against the Diamondbacks? But look at Matt Harvey. You know, it's a little bit of luster. Remember, we're talking about, hey, 
Guy's pitching really well for a decent stretch of games. We'll take a look at his last 30 days here, Kevin. Back to the old Kevin Harvey. I say back to the old, newer, older Kevin, or excuse me, Matt Harvey, where he used to dominate with the Mets. And that's too far gone at this point. 5.03 XFIP over the last 30 days. How about lefties and righties? This is the one that you like, too, because sometimes when you line up, like, hey, he really does well versus lefties, and or he really does well versus righties. Equal opportunities here, Kevin, in a small ballpark, heat and humidity. 346 to lefties as a weighted on base percentage. 370 to righties. Both ISO power numbers elevated. And this is a lineup that is coming in streaking hot as well. Take a look at the ISO power numbers, Kevin, in this lineup. It's an American League ballpark. You're going to get nine official batters, no pitchers here. Let me read these down to you, Kevin, over the last 30 days of what this team, which usually struggles at the plate and scratches out games three to two, their ISO power numbers. Uh, Brandon Lau, 406. Franco, 269. Cruz, 217. Meadows, 288. Rosarania, 213. Diaz, 182. Kiermaier, 275. And Zanino, 333. Only one guy in that lineup, which is Wendell, that has a below average ISO power number. Eight of nine above. Kevin, where do you sign up for the over here? Ultimately, that is the move here. Tampa is one of the more profitable over teams on the season, especially on the road. Makes all the sense in the world to get away from that awful, awful ballpark there. And then Camden Yards has been given out all season long, 13 games above 500 as it pertains to the over. And Donnie has been making this point on radio as well. Why does anybody ever cap these games? Just bet the over in the Baltimore Orioles games <laughs> and move on with your day. And you've been making a ton of money. Continuing to move through it here, Donnie. How about Boston and Cleveland? The Red Sox got a big result yesterday beating the Twins, which apparently is not a guarantee for them. They put up a ton of runs in that game as well. Can they carry it over to Cleveland, who I know helped you out yesterday, and their offense yeah. showed up to the ballpark? Yep, got it through quickly yesterday. The team total at four and a half, and, you know, sort of getting a little bit of flashbacks yesterday, Kevin, as it got the four quickly and took a couple innings here mm. to get that fifth run apart. But obviously, doing some damage, what they should have done, put up close to 10 runs in this game, that was a good one. Maybe we get some, you know, momentum pushing forward now, though, for the Boston Red Sox as they head down the stretch. Chris Sale coming back, giving them a boost. Schwarber now back in the lineup. So this is a team that eh, they're not done yet, as we like to say. But let's take a look on the mound here, what we're getting out of the Boston Red Sox. Rodriguez, the lefty, will be out there. 3.75 XFIP number, which is very good. Now, you do have a lineup that is going to be stacking right-handed batters tonight for the Cleveland Indians going up against the Boston Red Sox. We think probably what, eight of at least the nine batters coming up tonight will be from the right side. Here's the interesting point about it, though, Kevin. You see left-handed pitchers struggle a little bit with right-handed batters, and they usually do some damage against left-handed batters. Take a look at Rodriguez over the last 30 days. He's faced only 19 batters from the left-hand side, Kevin, but a 367 weighted on base percentage and an ISO power number of 263. Not a big sample size, but a little bit elevated. But as I just brought the point up, you're probably going to get eight right-handed batters. So the factor of this game is, why would we even look at the left-hand side? Because if one batter, uh, Zimmer, is going to be from the left-hand side, what does that really matter? Let's focus on those right-handed batters and how Rodriguez is handling him. Now, from a Boston perspective at the on the pitcher's mound with Rodriguez going over to a Cleveland Indians lineup hitting, they do very well against lefties. That middle part of the lineup, Rosario, Ramirez, uh, Reyes, and Ramos, 225, 378, 314, 333, ISO power numbers right in order. That's really nice to have in the middle of the lineup to do damage. But take a look at Rodriguez here, Kevin, to right-handed batters, which he's faced 87 over the past 30 days. A 314 weighted on base percentage, which is below average, which is great, and an ISO power number, 0.096. So that's the matchup. 
Can those bats come alive for the Indians tonight versus the lefty Rodriguez or vice versa? I'm going to trust that the Boston Red Sox have now got it together, Kevin, and are going to win this baseball game, and he'll be able to handle those stacked right-handed bats in the lineup. One more relevant AL East game to get to, and then hopefully, and we could do a next segment, if anything, just to get an idea of what Donnie circled up here. But I have to make sure I bring it up. Garrett Cole is going to try and get the Yanks, Donnie, a 13-game win streak. They're around minus 150, minus 160 in Oakland. This feels like a big game for Cole to maybe put a dent in the gap that Lance Lynn has put between the two. Here's what I like about this game. Let's not even focus on Garrett Cole on the mound. I think he's going to be a strong starter. Manea, the lefty, is going to be on the mound for Oakland at 4.34 XFIP over the past month of the season. He's done damage. He's a lefty. He's handling his business from the left-hand side. So tonight may be a tough game from Rizzo, Gallo, and maybe Velasquez, who will be batting out of the nine hole. But the rest are going to be right-handed batters in that lineup. You saw the barrage yesterday. That offense is alive for the New York Yankees. And take a look at Manea. 77 batters Kevin he's faced over the last 30 days in Major League Baseball from the right hand side how about this a 413 weighted on base percentage a 294 iso power number more runs in the equation for those hot yankees tonight and they take care of business as well minus 148 seems like a cheap number to me i'll take the yanks here it's exciting stuff man it really really is Mm. look and it's a big opportunity as well just to I mean, now that's what you like to hear. Two totals as well. Like, they actually really have been scoring, which is incredible. But I really do believe, if you look at, again, Lynn is minus 150, Cole's plus 145. Cole, obviously, after missing a good amount of time there, probably at least three starts worth of time due to COVID, came back, got a win against the Angels, five and two-thirds, only one earned, and then a win against the Twins, six innings, no earned runs. If he's able to get another victory, go maybe seven innings, up that pitch count a little bit, strike out maybe near double-digit bat or something in that range, I think he can put a legitimate dent in the gap between him and Lynn. We're coming back. We'll get Donnie Circle plays and, of course, talking some NFL preseason. Week three, final week of the preseason breakdowns next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Back 
right here on the early line. I want to wrap up the Major League Baseball board here because, look, Friday is always a big day, and it's early in the day. And I know Don usually likes to circle the teams that are jumping out early before narrowing it down. So, Donnie, quickly to finish up Major League Baseball, who have we circled here on a Friday? Yeah, we got four circled games here today, and obviously, I guess Matt Harvey, the Dark Knight, you're always going to take a look at a team that's going to get nine at-bats in Baltimore going up against not only bad starting pitching, which Harvey, we'll see what he provides tonight, but also a bad bullpen. I do like the Cincinnati Reds team total as well, and how about this, the New York City two-step tonight. Who would have thought that I might be involved in a New York Mets team total over? coupled with a Yankees team total over. Rewind this show about 30 days. man. Hey, man, we're not betting any of these pregame until we see the fifth inning when either one of these teams hopefully has one run or less on the board. My, how things have changed here in Major League Baseball where two of the better plays tonight that might be matching up will be the Yanks and the Mets, Kevin. You know it's crazy on a Friday. I, I cannot stress enough. The only time Donnie ever talked positively about – Mets and Yankees team totals when when they were flat ones in the seventh inning because they had done absolutely nothing. Now, tell everybody, make sure you follow Donnie at right side VP. Start to narrow things out. Feels like today very well could be a play of the day kind of day. Also, make sure you follow everything we've got going on here at SportsGrid, at SportsGrid, at SportsGrid TV. That is where you get the latest betting information that you need, advice, everything that you need there again, at SportsGrid, at SportsGrid TV. Follow us on a follow back Friday. They're coming out left and right. That's what at least I'm here. And I don't know, maybe I'm getting some bad information, though. <laughs> Let's talk a little NFL preseason week three football here. Hey, Donnie, people are getting followed back left and right. So that's what they're telling me. Uh, Joe Burrow, Donnie, is going to be taking the field. This is one of the big storylines, actually, coming into the third week of preseason action because it's the first time we're going to see Burrow since his season was ended against the Washington football team midway through his rookie year. Two-point favorites are the Cincinnati Bengals. Total of 36. Do you think that there's a world where we're going to overreact to Joe Burrow? I feel like this actually holds a little bit of importance just to see what he looks like. Yeah, I'm not going to overreact because I do expect him to be a competent football player. I mean, obviously, you know, at the highest level at LSU winning a national championship and looked very good as a young rookie on not so good of a football team. He has a lot of weapons to deal with. Are we going to see a vanilla scheme tonight or excuse me over the weekend? Yes, we will. But you know what I actually like about this game? And we're trying to flip it over to some betting angles that you can look at. And this one has been very profitable in the preseason for me, Kevin. The haves and the have-nots and certainly taking a look at how they you know, estimate from the preseason into the regular season. I don't think Cincinnati is going to have a very good year, even though I just said, hey, look at the offensive weapons they have, the good young wide receivers, the good running backs. If Joe Barrow is upright and healthy for the season, that offense should be able to put up some points. But you're playing in such a tough division that it almost seems like five wins is going to be a decent season for the Cincinnati Bengals. So heading into that football season, the ownership group say, hey, Give us something that we can hang our hat on where we're being competitive and maybe the morale will be higher. It's between the Cincinnati Bengals for me and also the Houston Texans. Bad football teams that are gauging the Mm. preseason much more than most teams that are looking towards the regular season and a playoff run. This one fits the mold for me as well, Kevin, because you're taking a look at some of the line moving here. The FanDuel Sportsbook opened up a minus two-and-a-half-point favorite at minus 125 for the Miami Dolphins. You know what that sits at today? A minus two favorite, not for the Dolphins, but the Bengals, and I agree with that line movement. 
it's definitely the borrow effect. Again, you don't want to overreact to what two, three series of preseason football for Burrow, but I and we talked about this earlier in the week whether it was good that he was playing or not. And the reason that I liked it is because again, the last time he was out there, season-ending injury. I think it'll be good for him to see some live rounds here and get a sense of maybe what we could expect from Burrow early season. Does he look comfortable? What's the mobility like for Joe Burrow back there? That is probably your most important preseason week three watch I would say continuing to move through though some of this action here Donnie one thing that I am legitimately fascinated by is whether or not the Baltimore Ravens win a 20th straight preseason game whether they go out there and cover again they're going to Washington they should be laying 14 and a half points just to stop this <laughs> nonsense but instead it is only three and a half points low total 32 and a half yeah we used to talk to the sportsbook consigliere about these type of efforts and what Baltimore is going through and how to book mm-hmm. these bets but it looks to me Kevin Take a look at the FanDuel Sportsbook. What did they open this game at? Baltimore as a minus three and a half point favorite. Every, hey, they're going to win, no doubt about it. They win every game. They cover every game. It's a no-brainer. You know what that line still sits at this morning on the FanDuel Sportsbook, Kevin? A minus three and a half. Does somebody know something we don't? Is this the game where Harbaugh's like, you know what? Hey, we're going to play a yeah. joke on everybody and lose this game 31 to nothing. Or is this the beltway rumble here between Baltimore and Washington where it means so much to the Washington football team that they have to eke out a victory or play this game close. I'll tell you one telling sign here, a 32 and a half as an over-under. So the excitement level for this football game tomorrow, probably not all that high. But again, the battle of the beltway, if we call it. But the interesting thing to me, Kevin, in this game is that line hasn't moved. And do we know one person out there that says, you know what? This weekend is the weekend that that big-time win streak falls for the Baltimore Ravens. Not on my watch, Kevin. I know our guy, Ben Scott Stevens, last week rolled with Carolina to try to get in front of the streak. Very, very verified B double S. But basically, he's like picking Undertaker to lose at WrestleMania. I mean, that just doesn't work out all that well for you until Brock Lesnar comes in. And I'm not (laughs) sure the Washington football team is Brock Lesnar. So, I look, I'd much rather lose with the Ravens for the first time in 20 tries than the football team going out there and trying to seal the deal. Looking at some other relevant notes here, Donnie, the Niners are going to be hosting the Raiders, and this will be one of the spots, along with some others, where I, you know the Bears are going to be sending Justin Fields out there. But any opportunities to watch Trey Lance play football where – I mean, all he needs to do is throw a touchdown, and then Twitter goes, look at this guy. He might win MVP this season, much less later on in his career. They're three-and-a-half-point favorites, total of 35 and a hook. Yeah, it's, I always love preseason because most people don't watch these games outside of, I guess, if you are a San Francisco fan or a Las Vegas Raiders fan, but we'll see the highlights. So if we get one of those highlights that has him flipping a ball, you know, 17 yards downfield, and the, the receiver runs another 60 yards with it, why is he not the starter? He looks amazing out here. you got to temper those expectations, but you are correct when you're taking a look at what is exciting and what catches your eye. 
Not a lot of movement here. Three and a half at the FanDuel Sportsbook here in New Jersey as it opened up. Now sits still at that three and a half number. A little bit higher of a price, 35 and a half, which is usually the upper echelon parts of these week three NFL preseason lines. But it is interesting to watch. But maybe you say, how long does Lance go? And how long, if you're the San Francisco 49ers, do you actually want Lance to go in this game? Because if we're led to believe there's a quarterback you know, competition at this point, Jimmy Garoppolo, as we think we know, is going to be the starter week one. But I thought Drew Locke would be the starter Mm -hmm. week one out there for the Denver Broncos. So a lot still up in the air with that. But even from a Las Vegas perspective, you know, David, your car, I don't know how long he's going to be playing in this football game. But even as we move forward, they still have like a Marcus Mariota, Peterman on that line. You have some pretty decent backup quarterbacks behind. I actually would take the points in this game at the three and a half. I don't really know who's going to win it. But I'm not so sure Trey Lance is going to come out and go 17 for 19, 341 yards and three scores, and they blow them off the field. I think you still get some competent quarterback play for the Las Vegas Raiders. Looking towards those plus three and a half, excuse me, plus three and a half points in this ballgame. So, Donnie, the point you always make on Harbaugh, right, is that he cares. John Gruden cares. He's 8 and 2 in preseason football since yeah. coming back and coaching the Raiders. And that's not surprising. Like, again, Gruden is the kind of guy, he doesn't show up to games to just like, oh, okay, sure, we did. No, no, no. Like, John Gruden, like, loses sleep if he loses a preseason game. I have no doubt in my mind. So, I agree. Take a little three and a half here. Why not a little plus 150 money line if you're still betting week three preseason action? Donnie, I will say this, though. The Chicago Bears are fascinating to me. There's actually no lines available for their game this week, at least that I'm seeing right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook going up against the Tennessee Titans. But I just wonder, because they're going to give a full half of football here to Justin Fields, I wonder what happens if he absolutely dazzles and how many times Matt Nagy will have to play some defense from reporters saying, hey, what do you think of Fields going out there and completing you know, 20 of 24 passes for two touchdowns and a buck 50? Yeah, take a look. This is an interesting one because if there's one game in the preseason that probably doesn't matter or matters the least, it would be Chicago and Tennessee. Not because we want to see Justin Fields, but the COVID outbreak here on the Tennessee Titans. So maybe that has a lot to do with it. If this game does get underway and they're already down a few players being the Tennessee Titans, Chicago and Justin Fields. Justin Fields still has a lot to prove out here. Not because he's going to be the starting quarterback week one, because he's not, but he still wants to take that next evolution. When you are a competitive player and you are just told, Kevin, that, hey, you know what, kid? Just not your time yet. What do you want to do in a preseason game? You know what? Let me use my legs here. Six carries, 71 yards. Let me use my arm here. 10 of 14, 141 yards and two touchdowns. Hey, how about that for a last, you know, heading into the regular season look for me where I think I should be the starting quarterback. So there is some intrigue there, but also, Kevin, there's intrigue mm-hmm. in will this game actually play and will the Tennessee Titans put more players on that COVID-19 list? Yeah, the Titans doing it again. They did it last year. They are one of the first teams with a real true outbreak, and it looks like that's what they're going through here again. Other relevant games that people, I'm sure, will be keeping their tabs on Giants, Patriots, Mac Jones, maybe trying to take a job from Cam Newton. Do we see Trevor Lawrence? Do we go out there and potentially see your Zach Wilsons of the world? All of that will, I think, be very, very noteworthy. Also, the birds are in action against those Jets. I mean, again, five and a half points here. I mean, that's a little disrespectful, I think, to the birds. Unacceptable scene. Coming on back, college football week zero. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. You have been waiting for college football week zero five games here with some FBS teams and college game day isn't even going to any of them that's the kind of slate that we have rocking with here it is going to be tremendous action I cannot wait UConn's playing for the first time since 2019. Chip Kelly is involved. People are betting New Mexico State football for absolutely no reason other than the juices are flowing. But we start in the Big Ten. Thank goodness for the Big Ten. Or maybe just they're smart because they saw a little opportunity here. They go, that's the slate? Sure, we'll give you the best game by a country mile with Illinois and Nebraska. Brett Bielema, Scott Frost, seven-point road favorite for the Cornhuskers. Donnie, a total checking in at 54.5 as Big Ten football gets underway. Yep, and as you said, Kevin, week zero in NCAA football. No pun intended from them for these games this weekend. But as you can see me, Kevin, sitting here on TV, I'm wearing red. The only reason why I wore red today because how big a fan I am of the Nebraska Cornhuskers in this football game. If we take a look at the opening lines and what we were anticipating to see, the FanDuel Sportsbook here opened them up at 6.5. What do they still sit at today? 6.5. The one thing I do think is interesting is a Brett Bielema football team. You're looking at Wisconsin, you know, Arkansas. They're usually based on running and maybe opening it up. But the one thing you know about Scott Frost, even dating back to his UCF days, this team likes to go and go fast. Martinez is a very good quarterback for a collegiate player because he is extremely fast in the backfield. If the play breaks down, he can pick up and even rush for 100 yards in a single game, Kevin. But as we look at that total here, you're on the road. Maybe there are more wrinkles that we haven't seen from Illinois because I do think you have two decent offenses that are going to take the field. And from one side of the equation, I'm going to get Harry up. Why are we not just looking at betting the 54-and-a-half to the over, realizing, like, look, I understand it's their first game, but also you have a little bit Mm -hmm. of a 
mystery around what we're actually going to get from Illinois in this football game with the new coaching staff. I know what I'm getting out of Scott Frost. I'm getting tempo in this game. Yeah. That's not a lot of points, 54 and a half. So one team has to approach that 30 total, which I think they can do. And that'll give you an honest effort here, Kevin. I'm the anticipating points right out of the gate here between Nebraska and Illinois. It's really interesting, this total, because so these teams played last year. And Illinois goes to Nebraska, wins 41-23. to Probably as bad of a result as you could imagine for Nebraska football. They were 16.5-point favorites, and they got done and dusted on their home field by Illinois. Now, that was the only game in which Illinois scored 24 or more points. The only game. And that's roughly what their team total will be checking in at when that opens up here. So I wonder how much Nebraska... Look, at the end of the day, it's your first game of the season. It matters a ton. But you talk about revenge. You talk about stakes. That was a very low moment there for Nebraska, no doubt about it. Now, Illinois is bringing back some starters, four of their five offensive linemen, the quarterback position as well, which you like. But again, Donnie, they were... Pretty bad on the offensive side of the ball, except for when they played Nebraska. Nebraska defensively is bringing back a ton of starters, but they had no splash plays. They'd never forced fumbles. They never picked anybody off. And the main problem for Nebraska football last year is how much they turned the ball over. The main reason they lost to Illinois is they turned the ball over five times in that game. So I'm wondering... If Nebraska, because obviously you're right, Frost prefers to go up a little up-tempo, but if he says, let me slow it down, let's not turn the football over a thousand times, and let's just never put Illinois in comfortable positions, because as long as we don't do that, it will be hard for them to create on their own. I think I would lean towards the under in the game, and I'd lean towards Nebraska probably winning by a touchdown or better. Yeah, it seems like that's probably the way to go here. I think the better overall team we can agree on is Nebraska, but it's wasted mm-hmm. talent. Didn't we expect a lot more from Scott Frost returning back to his alma mater and taking this team back to the oh, days yeah. under you know Dr. Tom Osborne in the 90s and playing for national championships? It's never materialized, and not to say it will be this year, but I think overall from a you know, it's not really a franchise, it's a university, but from a health standpoint, when you look player per player, team for team here, Nebraska's the better football team, and I think they are going to put up some points here. Revenge on their mind, maybe so, from getting dusted last year. But I think if I enter into this game, which team to me, Kevin, has a chance to get to 30 points, it's probably going to be Nebraska over Illinois. So if I had to take a side, it would be that direction. And again, talking about key numbers here, if you get the seven, you're probably going to have to win by double digits. But if you get the six and a half, hey, 30 to 23 looks like a pretty good price here for you. Just want to let people know, next week, Donnie and I are going to be going over the final college football win totals that we like and anything relevant-wise that we've not hit. But for Illinois, Nebraska, these are off of the board Saturday because their season start. Illinois, 3.5, minus 130 to the over. Nebraska, a flat 6, 
minus 120 to the over. So again, if you're looking to play win totals on those two teams, then you're going to need to get involved today. And the next game is actually a win total that Donnie and I talked about, that UCLA 7, that very well could have some legitimacy to the under, but they are meant to get out here in a big way against Hawaii. Chip Kelly and co, 17 and a half point favorites, a big old 68 and a half total here, Donnie, as the Bruins look to start off the fourth year of Chip Kelly on the right foot. Yep, and when you take a look at Hawaii here, Kevin, what do we usually try to avoid when you're taking Hawaii when they come to the mainland? Because it's a big travel expense for them. It's a time difference. But at the same same way, you flip that back over. When Hawaii plays at home, everybody's going out there, hey, it's vacation time. It's a big time difference. That is their advantage. But when you take a look at Chip Kelly and UCLA, getting off on the right foot, have a national stage where I do think that offense and Chip Kelly, the same way I just talked about Scott Frost, up-tempo offense, a lot of starters returning, an athletic quarterback. I don't see much resistance on the defensive side of the ball for Hawaii, but usually with Hawaii, a good offense is as expected. They are going to throw the football all over the field, which should lead to points. But as we Mm -hmm. just talked about points, Kevin, a little bit different here between Nebraska and Illinois at a 54-and-a-half at the FanDuel Sportsbook. Take a look at UCLA and Hawaii. This one open, Kevin, 70-and-a-half and now sits 68 and a half. Hmm. I think offense is the name of the game in this one. And if we're total betters, boy, Kevin, it's really hard to say, hey, you know what? Chip Kelly's offense combined with Hawaii. Boy, I really like the under here. Over seems like a decent play. Even if you're not betting a lot of money on this one, should be a fun football game to sit back and watch because that offense for UCLA is explosive and talented, and they should have their way with Hawaii. So I... It's, it's very interesting because they should have their way. They will have their way with Hawaii. The question becomes, what does UCLA actually want to do in this football game? Because they play LSU next week. Now, I, I'm not going to call it a look-ahead spot. If you look sure. ahead past your first game of the season, then that's bad coaching. But vanilla approach, keep a little less action on film, especially with LSU not even playing, Sure pulling starters a little bit earlier, looking to just get out of this game healthy, cool, 100%. Hawaii last year was awful, awful against the run. I feel like Chip Kelly and DTR are going to be able to run all day here on Hawaii, Donnie, and choo-choo-choo, choo-choo-choo on that clock and keep things in action. It wouldn't surprise me, Donnie, if this game gets off to a hot, rapid start. You're sat there, seven minutes of football left. You're like, oh, this is perfect. I just need a touchdown. And you just watch UCLA, second and five, third and three, first and ten, second and five, third and three. All right, go ahead, punt it away. Now Hawaii can't move the football. And all of a sudden, you get stuck on a 63 total point score. Because again, you pull this into team totals here, Donnie, all of a sudden, you're going to need a final score of, you're going to need UCLA to get near, what, 50 points in this game for you to sit comfortably. So 45, at least probably from the Bruins. It's a big time ask to get over this number. You're right. It is a big-time ask. So it's interesting that you bring that up because then there's other ways that you can bet this football game, particularly taking a look at the first half because your point is very astute, Kevin. 
Are they going to win the football game? Yes. But do we want our offense running at high octane and putting everything on tape for LSU to watch in the fourth quarter when you're up two touchdowns or more? So why don't you take a look here at the first half, somewhere in that nine and a half, eight and a half range, which will be out there over under hovering around 34 and a half, which means you need five first half touchdowns. You can see that, right? At least four touchdowns or three touchdowns from UCLA. And if Hawaii is running fast, and even if they're going three and out, Kevin, it only takes off a minute, minute and a half, two minutes off of the clock, more offensive possessions for UCLA. So if you're looking for a betting avenue, maybe taking the first half makes much more sense because you're going to get everything Mm -hmm. and the kitchen sink in the first half from UCLA on offense. Maybe not so much in the second half. Good point. Want to just toss out some really uh, relevant against the spread statistics that I saw in a credit to CBS Sports for posting these. Chip Kelly since coming back to the UCLA football program, one in five against the number in non-conference games. The only cover was as a 31-point underdog to Oklahoma in 2018. They've been a favorite in two of the non-conference games, lost both of those games. They're not losing this game. They absolutely are not. But I think there's a world where you grab Hawaii plus 17 and a half, look for Cordero and the the Rainbow Warriors to throw the football enough and keep this thing in check. I think you will be very pleased then holding on to that 17 and a half, especially if you are a side better. Look, here's the deal. There's three other games on this board. In terms of star power, luster programs, it's not a lot. Fresno's lane 27 and a half to UConn, who plays their first game since 2019. Uh, you've also, of course, got UTEP, New Mexico State, a total or a spread that's now nine and a half for UTEP here. San Jose State's laying a ton to Southern Utah at 24 and a half. All games that I'm sure people will be getting involved in. But, Donnie, I can't help but actually pull us back to the NFL with a little bit of breaking news that we got. I absolutely love when we get a little uh, headline reporter beef. Rappaport says no official announcement, but it looks like Jameis is the starter. Five minutes later, Adam Schefter says, you bozo, he's the starter. And Jameis Winston will get the football against the Green Bay Packers week one for the New Orleans Saints officially beating out Taysom Hill, Donnie. Yep, everybody here knew this, Kevin, but obviously Sean Payton just wanted to wait out, maybe even make it a little bit more more longer as we waited out. Maybe he's going to hold a press conference of something we should have known, Kevin, back in February when it was pretty apparent that Drew Brees was not coming back to the Saints. But good for Jamie Swinson and good for the New Orleans fan base and their coaching staff in front office. Why? Because I think the offense is going to run better under Jamie Swinston. That mm-hmm. ball is going to be all over the field, and Taysom Hill can go back to doing what he does best, being that second fiddle Swiss Army knife. I like to look for New Orleans. We're ready for football now. Jameis Winston and the Saints, plus 110 to make the playoffs this upcoming season there. All right, perfect stuff there. Up next, though, Ariel joins Don to let you know it's coming up on the morning after right here on a Friday on SportsGrid. Keep it locked. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. 
the crack of the bat on a home run, the slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month, experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It is a football Friday here on the early line, the last segment of the week. Both myself, Donnie Wrightside, and Kevin Wall setting the table for the morning after over the next three hours. Action packed with Ariel and Ben taking you through everything. But it is nice to say it actually is, Ariel, a football Friday. Welcome in. Thanks, Donnie. I know it's so exciting to say that it's actually a football Friday. Week zero of the college football season going to be underway. Week three of the preseason. Finally, we're going to get some regular season football, though, when it comes to the college sports. I cannot wait to just trap myself into a room all day on Saturday, all day next Saturday, watch these games and just know, okay, this actually means something. So I can bet it with legitimate data. Yep, I'm on the same plane here. So what I'm going to do for that Nebraska-Illinois game is I will lock myself in a room and after three minutes saying, why did I just lock myself in a room? It's Nebraska and Illinois that I'm watching here on a Saturday. But football back in our life is always good. And also, breaking news coming up here, Jamie Swinston looks to be the starter down in New Orleans. So another quarterback battle, Ariel, in the books. As it looks like Winston's going to take control of that football team. Week one versus the Green Bay Packers. Saw it coming, especially if you looked at the odds on FanDuel. When these odds came out for the quarterback duel, it was Jameis Winston minus 280. Taysom Hill was plus 220 to win the job. Jameis Winston is more of your normal, he's your usual quarterback. He's the pocket-passing quarterback. And when it comes to Taysom Hill, you really would have had to change so much about your offensive system, especially because now you're going to lose Taysom Hill as that extra player that could come on the field and do some unique plays. Whereas for Jameis is Winston. It's your normal offense and let's throw Taysom Hill in the mix to throw off defenses. I agree 100% there. Jameis Winston always should have been the starting quarterback there for the New Orleans Saints because Taysom Hill does fit in as a sensational backup option because if Winston does get hurt, he can step in. He's done it before. But if he doesn't, 300 interceptions. Yeah, uh, there it is. Yep, No longer squinting this year though, so he does have the LASIK under wraps. But you know what? Stay tuned over the next three hours for the morning after. Ben and Ariel taking center stage for this week in for the early line. We are out of here. NFL on deck over the next two weeks. See you later. Your wife called. She wants her husband back. We told her you were busy. It takes real commitment to get the winning edge. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.